Welcome to the Serve the Team podcast with your host, Shelley Bischoff. The podcast will explore psychological safety and how it influences how teams work together. There is no doubt that leaders face significant workforce challenges. This podcast focuses on opportunities for leaders to empower high performance in their teams and enhance the employee experience of coming to work. Join the conversation with Shelley as she speaks freely about how you can best serve your team today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Serve the Team. How are you today? It's Thanksgiving weekend and I'm looking out at the most glorious blue sky and trees of every color. I am grateful. And that gratitude extends to having all of you be a part of my world. Here are my questions for you today. Do you feel resilient, both in your personal and professional lives? Do you have the capacity to face the inherent challenges of leadership? Are you demonstrating the behaviors associated with resilience? How important is resiliency in your leadership practice and ability to support your team by creating the conditions for them to work in a safe space I wonder what your definition of resilience is. And I want to share some thoughts about how resilience has manifested in my life, both from a personal and professional perspective. Resilience, for me, has not meant being strong above all else. It has been the ability for me to face what is coming, process what has happened, and understand when I need help. Resiliency has served me by better managing my self-care needs, which first means I have to acknowledge I have them. It has also served me to manage stress and acknowledge my own individual triggers. I have learned to adapt and to understand that the world will always be changing, and it's my responsibility to understand how I can manage these changes effectively while acknowledging it is the human condition to struggle. Increasing our capacity of resiliency is a lifelong journey and one we take with grace. Leaders have significant challenges to face in the modern workplace, and I'm sure you can attest to this in your own practice. We must honor our self-care needs and develop resiliency because they play such a crucial role in the success and well-being of our teams and ultimately for our organizations. Enhancing our capacity to be resilient in our personal lives overlaps with how we manage demands related to leading our teams. What I find interesting is the resistance some leaders have when we are discussing resiliency and how it serves them in their practice. For example, I'm working with a team who is regaining their balance after a series of setbacks. They're responsible to maintain operational standards and outcomes while also supporting the employees and their own need to reset as a leadership team. My role as a facilitator is to first create the social construct and safe space necessary for these leaders to authentically process what has happened, and second, to provide guidance as they identify and accept the changes required in order to move forward. I facilitated a conversation around resiliency because I identified their need to handle adversity, regulate their emotional responses, and be flexible to the challenges ahead. One leader in the team 
raised his concern about a perception that they weren't capable of moving forward. This was an excellent start to having open, authentic, candid dialogue around how they were positioned to prioritize their well-being and mental health needs before they moved forward to support their teams. I explained to the team the need for them to consider themselves as people first and leaders second, which required them to think about resiliency in a different way. I wasn't alluding to their ability to lead their teams. I was facilitating a discussion about how they could bounce back from the setbacks, adapt to change, and maintain a positive attitude in the face of the challenges. I validated that resiliency is not a characteristic of their personality. Rather, it is a skill that we learn over time and with experience. We discussed taking ownership and responsibility for what we do and how this helped us to develop an ability to withstand struggles, acknowledge them without becoming overwhelmed by them. I reminded the team that they not only needed to develop the life skill of resiliency in their leadership practice as individuals, they also had the opportunity to support each other. It became obvious to me that the team felt they hadn't been resilient with the changes and the setbacks that were occurring around them that they felt powerless, helpless, and distressed at times because they didn't know how to effectively handle the situations. These leaders felt anger, frustration, isolation, worry, and significant stress. I chose to discuss my observations in an effort to help them vocalize whether these were in fact relevant to what was happening. I needed to ensure the conditions for psychological safety were intact to the point that individuals in the team could raise their opinions, voice their disagreements, and offer their own observations. The ensuing conversations offered valuable insight both to myself as a facilitator and to themselves as a team. What occurred in these conversations was a recognition that one leader was feeling something they felt was an isolation of how everyone else was feeling, only to learn everyone was having similar thoughts, feelings, and responses. In hindsight, I now see that moment as pivotal for this team to recognize the need to build the skills necessary to recognize the role they played in the setbacks and to be able to identify where they needed to build their capacity to deal with adversity, regulate their emotions, and support their teams in authentic ways. We explored how the level of resiliency available to a leader is demonstrated by several key factors and set of behaviors. The team identified key behaviors they needed to demonstrate to their teams. The key behaviors were maintaining a positive outlook and effectively communicating with themselves and their teams. I applauded their courage and ability to lean into being vulnerable enough to understand where they could make a difference, even if it caused them to be uncomfortable. My experience working with leaders has taught me that it's very difficult for someone to say they are not handling adversity well, their stress level is impacting their ability to make decisions, and they are struggling to adapt to the challenges and changes they must face every day. It makes sense to me that leaders don't want to discuss 
these facets of their practice because they come from a place of fear. Who can they tell that they need help? Who can they trust to provide assistance without judgment? And where is the space for them to grow? I strongly believe my role is not to suggest where they need to grow. My role is to give them the space and facilitation to organically understand where they might be able to do this, where they can make mistakes, freely speak about their frustrations, and acknowledge when they need help. I find emotional regulation a common area where leaders can grow their ability to become more resilient, developing the skills to control their emotions, how they manage stress, frustration, and anxiety in healthy ways, helping them stay focused and make rational decisions in challenging times or circumstances. I frame the skill of resiliency from perspective. Where do we have the ability to influence? How can we respond effectively? And have we considered the balance and self-care needs we need to address in order to be healthy and demonstrate the value of those behaviors to others? Leaders who value their health and well-being are best positioned to understand the needs of others to prioritize self-care. Going back to the team, we discussed various ways they could build their capacity for resilience. We talked about how the resilience building would be ongoing and that involved developing both personal and professional skills. Some of the strategies that we explored were understanding how to improve their emotional intelligence. This involves self-awareness, self-regulation, empathy, and effective interpersonal skills. When leaders enhance their emotional intelligence, it gives them the opportunity to better understand not only their own emotions, but the emotions of others. Although it wasn't readily accepted as a viable strategy, we did discuss meditation, which can help an individual shut their brain down for a period of time. Setting realistic goals is another way to avoid setting someone up for unnecessary stress and disappointment. These leaders talked about how they could break down larger goals into smaller, more manageable steps. Seeking feedback is one of the most important mechanisms to understand from our peers, mentors, and team members how we are doing. Constructive feedback provides valuable insights, and it provides us the insight not only from a personal and professional perspective, but it offers us the ability to understand how we can give constructive feedback to others. There are also a number of practical skills, such as stress management, support, skill development in problem-solving, decision-making, resolving conflict, and managing time. I have offered to refer any member of the team to credential providers so they can receive specialized support. My role as a facilitator working with this team is to ensure I maintain my service within the scope of practice I am credentialed to perform and know when to send individuals through referral to credential providers who can provide assistance beyond my ability. As I have referenced, this team struggles to admit they might need help. 
and considering credential practitioners is even more scary for them to consider. Legitimizing the need for all of us to access credential support is important and can be left on the table for additional dialogue in the future or private conversations when an employee asks how they can access assistance. I look forward to my continued work with this team and am confident they will learn what resiliency means to them as individual leaders and to the team. I want to make a note about gratitude. Regularly reflecting on and expressing gratitude for positive aspects of work and life is very important to gaining perspective and developing resilience. Gratitude can contribute to a more positive outlook. We need to remember that building resilience is a continuous journey and different strategies may work better for different individuals. Leaders must tailor these approaches to their unique circumstances and needs and, if possible, be open to seeking the guidance of a coach or additional support that may be beneficial in helping them develop their skills. What we are trying to prevent is a negative impact to an individual's mental health. Burnout remains a significant issue in the modern workplace, and leaders who neglect self-care or feel they have nowhere to turn are at a higher risk of burning out, which can lead to decreased productivity, increased illness, and an inability to cope. Now it's time to go back to the beginning of our conversation and consider the questions I asked. Do you feel you are resilient? Do you have the capacity to face the inherent challenges of leadership? And are you able to demonstrate the behaviors associated with resilience? If you need help, ask for it. I would like to share a quote with you attributed to Jada DeWalt. When we learn how to become resilient, we learn how to embrace the beautifully broad spectrum of the human experience. I end this episode, as always, by asking you this question. How are you serving your team today? We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Shelly invites you to send your feedback, thoughts, and ideas to Shelly at servetheteam.ca. Follow Serve the Team on social media or check out servetheteam.ca where additional articles and information is available. Specific references made in the podcast can be located in the episode show notes.